Good morning. It is Monday, July 5th, 6.57 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was very busy. Did a lot of thrifting. Hardly found anything. Um, no worries. I'll make stuff to sell. It's... Ugh, sometimes I just get really annoyed with everybody. <laughs> Um, I just had a weird rash of like cyber trolls and lots of inquiries from people and then no response when you give them the info. Anyway, <laughs> no one cares about that shit except for a select few of, of people, but it's... It's so irritating. Um, yeah, I got like a new crop of like basically really pushy, entitled potential customers. Um, and when I say like a potential customer, that means they haven't bought anything before and they like make an inquiry. Um, sometimes people can be really rude and, um, I just have to like restrict them so I don't see their messages anymore. If someone's really demanding um, and entitled, I don't want to do business with them. Like I'm not a robot, but I had, um, there's a certain demographic. Um, it's a, usually a white lady, but, um, in my experience, it's always been a white lady who, um, they live in LA generally and they're between like 45 and 55. And, you know, they've lived in, in WeHo or wherever in West Hollywood for a long time. Um, and you know, maybe they, they were real hot or something in the eighties or nineties. And they're like new to Instagram. And they, they'll write me about something, you know, an item and, you know, I'll sell it to them. And then they'll just keep, I had this lady bought a ring from me, an opal ring. It was like a Mexican fire opal. And after she bought the item, she asked me in all caps, I just want to check, is this real opal? I said, yes, it's a real opal. I don't sell fake opals. And she said, how do you know? And I said, I actually sent her a picture of a fake opal. And I said, that's what a fake opal looks like. And I explained all the things. There's little occlusions and there's ways I can tell what type of opal it is and all this stuff. And she said, okay, thank you. 20 minutes later, is this a real opal? And I was like, you know what? fuck off. And uh, I didn't tell her to fuck off. Um, she received her ring a couple days later. And then I get a message from her. What's this blue stuff? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about on the ring. And this is all in all caps, all caps. And so she sent me a very enlarged photo. I guess there had been a little bit of silver polish in one of the grooves of the ring. 
I said, I don't know. It looks like silver polish or something. She's like, that's what I thought. I love the ring. And then, then I, I was like, okay, I'm glad you like it. But do you do this when you like check out at Target? <laughs> um, but then she continually was writing me trying to buy stuff from me again. And I just, I restricted her. And then I finally blocked her. Cause I did, I was like, I don't need to subject myself to this treatment for like what a mere $80 or for any amount of money. Um, and then this week there was another lady of the same ilk who left some transphobic and body shaming comments um, about some footwear and was wondering if I was actually a legitimate business and like all this stuff. And it's the same. I look, you know, you can look at their profile. It's the same thing. They've got like, you know, they live in LA. They've got some, you know, you can tell that they used to be hot, but they're not anymore or as hot as they were. And, you know, they live in some kind of suburban, weird LA Hollywood situation. And they're always like a writer. I'm a writer. Just so, yeah, another person to block. But yeah, it was a weird rash of that shit. Um, the less glamorous aspect of my unglamorous job. But yeah, it's so weird. Like they also, they also tend to write, write me at all hours of like, if they do have a, um, if they do make a purchase from me, then they act as if they're entitled to my time and my energy at all hours of the night and of the day. Um, which is wild <laughs> because I don't, I barely make time for any, you know, I, I barely have time for the people that are actually in my life, you know, um, and just to have some random person like say, just write me stupid shit or send me lots of photos of things. Um, or, you know, ask if an inspiration image is for sale and then just demand to know why it's not for sale and why I'm, why I'm not selling it to them. And I'm like, I don't have, it's, it's a digital image. I don't, I don't have it to sell to you. Um, things like that are just presuming that I'm there to just hear about some robbery that happened at their house in 1989. Like just, I wish that I could, you know, there's like a limit to how much, you know, interest and interest I can have. And I, I just, I resent it a lot of times because it's the entitlement comes through, you know? So yeah, there's a woman who bought a purse from me like six months ago and she still will DM me and ask me if I want to buy some oriental jewelry. I'm like, uh, no. 
or she'll, and it'll be a long-winded thing about something that happened in some unfortunate, inconvenient incident that happened in her life. And I wish I could, I wish I could be the type of person who could hold space for that, but I'm just not, I'm really not. Um, I know there's people out there that can and do do that, but I just don't have, I don't think I have the capacity to do that. It's like testing the limits of, of my kindness or something to the point, like just, and it always comes with an attitude of that they're entitled to it, that they deserve to have, you know, this access to me. I just, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Anyway, at least they don't know about this podcast because then I would be dealing with them constantly. And this podcast is kind of like a newsletter for my friends, you know? I'm not trying to become famous off of it or anything. I want to share stories and, you know, let people know what's going on in the city is what the the purpose of this broadcast is for. Anyway, enough about that. I obviously haven't had any coffee and those customers were on my mind. So thank you for listening to me. And if you're not interested, you can always just turn it off. I won't be butthurt. Um, I went to Japantown on Saturday, as I always do. I had gotten my hair done earlier by Irina. And so then I went to go grab some lunch from the Gia Market. And I was sitting in Peace Plaza. And it was a fairly quiet Saturday compared to the Saturdays that had, you know, at that hour in Japantown. Um, I was sitting along the little, uh, the wavy benches under the cherry trees near the mall. And I was eating my lunch. I had a chirashi bowl and then the salted lemon salmon. Um, and there was on one of the wavy benches, there was a gay guy eating his lunch and you'll, when you'll realize why I'm mentioning that, um, in a moment. And then there were four teenage boys. They were all Japanese and they were wearing anime t-shirts and they were having some snacks and so they they were sitting together. Um, and it was a very beautiful day out. And then I heard the familiar strains of a street preacher. And I was like, oh, man. I thought that was only in the mission. But nope, there was a street preacher in Japantown on this Saturday. And he was... He was translating what he would say in Japanese after. So he was a bilingual. He was doing it all. He was he was doing it, it was pretty impressive actually. Um his linguistic skills. It's unfortunate that I was being put to such a um futile use, you know. Um but you know, that's the tragedy of of humanity, isn't it? 
come on here, come on up. But it was funny because, you know, he was talking about, you know, Jesus is the way, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he wasn't, didn't seem to be, I guess, getting the response he wanted. He didn't seem to be getting the response he wanted. So he um, started started in on very interesting, the, his uh, monologue took a very interesting turn. And it was like, I was a practicing homosexual. I would masturbate three to four times a day. Why am I telling you this? Because if I were to not tell you, it would be a lie. And on the day of judgment, all lies will be exposed. I am an open book. And I was like, oh my. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the gay guy that was sitting a little, we were all kind of looking at each other like, oh. (laughs) And then the teenagers started giggling (laughs) because it was freaking loud. You just, I, I don't think it's the part about the homosexual thing. But just the amount of times that he masturbated per day, no, no judging. But you just don't hear that <laughs> in Japantown. <laughs> um, but one thing I noticed is he didn't drop the Japanese tran. He didn't use a Japanese translation after he gave that little tidbit. Um, and then he was going on about that for a while about the evils of pornography and and how sinful it is and where you can watch it <laughs> on the internet on your phone on your computer on TV etc so you know for those that didn't know where you could watch pornography he was letting you know where you could watch it um and then <laughs> when that wasn't really, I mean, I, I think like, you know, I think he started to feel self-conscious or something because he faltered a bit. And then he came back with, there was going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and be thrown into the lake of fire. Also, if you turn away from God you become a child of Satan, which was something I didn't know. I didn't know that um, that you would become a child of Satan. I thought that even if you don't believe in God, you're still a child of God. So that 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 threw a wrench in things for me, uh, the theology bit. I was like, oh, really? Um. And it it just, I, I don't remember everything else, but I was still eating my lunch and then the teens, they were daring each other to go and talk to him. <laughs> and one of the, one of the teens was like, I'll do it for 10 bucks. And then I saw them kind of walk towards him and I lost interest after that. But it was so, it was so funny. There was, there's so many characters at Peace Plaza, and if you go to Japantown a lot, like I do, you get to see them. And I realize that I may be one of the characters too, but I just don't, I'm not as interesting as some of the other characters. 
There's a guy who he used to sit inside Japantown Mall and eat his lunch. Now he sits outside. I think they asked him to stop or going inside during the pandemic or something, but he has a really distinct poopy diaper smell that's very strong. And he has a strange mixture of like hair grease and dye and um, on his hair. So it's like a strange comb over that's like a helmet that's very, sometimes it's dripping with like, I don't know, some kind of brill cream or something. And he goes out there, he sits down and he feeds the birds and he smells really bad. I don't know what his deal is. I don't think he's homeless. I just think he smells bad and has bizarre grooming habits. Um, And then there is this yo-yo guy who's he's kind of big and tall and he wears long shorts and he's got little tiny sunglasses and he likes to stand it inside the pagoda and use his yo-yo, practice the yo-yo and he listens to headphones and he does it for a long time. And he's pretty, he's a pretty chill guy. He just, that's his hobby. That's how he unwinds. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, And so, yeah, he's there quite a lot. And then there is a new character who's kind of a villain. Um, And he is basically just like, I don't think he's homeless either, honestly, but he's very far gone in alcoholism and he's a wiry, angry alcoholic. And he was starting to try to take over the middle of the pagoda. And he sits in the middle of the pagoda and he was like trying to scare kids away. I've seen him do it. And he like screams and yells at everybody. And he's like, this is my place, which is so ironic. Like, it's not his place. He's some white dude. He's not, he's not, uh, you know, Japanese. It doesn't belong to, it's not for white people to say that, you know. Um, but he just kept screaming, it's my place. Get out, get out. Well, he, he, I'd actually seen him do that a few times in the pagoda. And uh, I think maybe he shows up after the yo-yo guy or something. But the yo-yo guy showed up early this week and was in the pagoda practicing his yo-yo. And (laughs) the alcoholic guy just, like, wasn't having it. He was so... He was so upset that there was somebody standing in what was his place. And it was great. The the yo-yo guy told him off. He said, you're mean and you scare the kids. Go away. You're just an alcoholic loser. And I was like, yeah. And then he just like calmly went back to his yo-yoing. The alcoholic guy like left. He stormed away, which I know there's a lot of people out there that are alcoholics, but this is a a man who's defined by his alcoholism and 
is very angry and takes his anger out on on people who he doesn't even know. Um, and he was ruining the peaceful atmosphere of Peace Plaza. Because it it's supposed to be peaceful. You're supposed to go there and just be polite and, you know, have your lunch and enjoy the beautiful day and not have it ruined by some some jerk saying mean things to people and destroying the atmosphere. So yeah, that was the excitement there. The thing back real quick, back to the street preacher. Um, It's really funny because he noted that he was, he was formerly a practicing homosexual until Jesus set him free. I wonder if his choice of words would, would imply that, he was still homosexual, but he's just not acting on it. He's not masturbating. He's not hooking up with guys. I didn't, I was afraid to, to question that. Um, I kind of didn't want to know. I felt I'd already heard enough of his, his personal life. There's a lot of street preachers in in the mission, like, pretty much almost every day on the corner near my house. So I hear them all the time. And I was like, there's another one there that was, I think there's a formerly gay street preacher there. Um, And there's like lots of Spanish speaking ones. There's this one who's like kind of a diva or I guess Devo that has this kind of bumbling assistant. I get to see this a lot while I'm waiting for the bus or when I'm walking to point B or something. It's like this bumbling assistant who's kind of like a goon or something. And I saw it and the, the street preacher's really like kind of tiny little dude. And he was, he was saying, you know, his, his, you know, biblical speech or whatever, talking about damnation. And he hands, he hands the, his goon a water bottle and the water and the goon like opens the water bottle for him and like puts the bottle up to his lips. I was like, oh my God, I just saw that. There's somebody who spends their day doing that. I could just imagine the intensity of like, the rides from Daly City to here, you know, with their little amp and, you know, finding parking or whatever. I don't ever see any of them on the bus. Um, I have seen some of them show up in a van and and disperse to go preach the gospel and the mission. And then there's like different, then there's sometimes with, with the, uh, with the Latinx, preachers they'll have women handing out bible tracts in spanish generally um i see the alleys littered with them covered in urine later um and yeah it's it's pretty wild it's like it's its own culture um some of some of the some of the 
women handing out flyers are extremely aggressive and unpleasant people. Um, they're not unpleasant because they're aggressive. They're aggressively unpleasant. Um, during, and, 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 you know, during the whole quarantine and the COVID, they were still out there, no masks. And they would get in your face and like try to give you this flyer or this Bible tract. And I'd be like, no, thank you. I was like, stay away from me. You know, like you're, you're getting too close to me. And they'd be like, in Jesus name. It was like just horribly unpleasant women. Um, and the men, the men probably aren't any better, but I wasn't engaged. You know, I wasn't forced to talk to them. They were busy ta- running the mouths, you know. Um, yeah, that that was, I'm so glad that part is over. Just, it's terrifying. You could see someone spittle in the air, you know, in a, a freaking pandemic. Um, and, you know, they just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. And sometimes they'll sing. And there's one, there's one lady street preacher. She has really long gray hair that's curly. It could be a perm. And she sings really bad. And she sings really loud. Um, she'll sing in Spanish. She'll sing in English. And she'll sing along to like a little canned um, music of like praise music or something. I'm just like, does this work for anybody? Does anybody stop and say, yes, can you please tell me more about your religion? I would love to become, I would love to convert to your specific fanatical brand of Christianity. Please. I'm afraid of going to hell. Yes, I'm still a practicing homosexual, but I'd like to stop what I'm doing to do what you're doing. I wonder if any of them, if it works, I also wonder how any of them get to that point that they're doing that, you know, it's definitely kind of a hobby. I think like it gives you something to do, gives you a purpose. You're fighting evil in your mind. You know, you're fighting evil. You're not sinning because you're busy preaching the gospel or your weird theologically unsound gospel. So, you know, it gives you plenty of time, you, you know, it's, it's very time consuming. Um, it provides some semblance of a social life with other members of your church. So, yeah, it's really weird. I went into DeAnda's bakery. I, I go there often, but I went in, I remember a few years ago and I saw a, a street preacher and, some members of his family in there and he was so rude to his his family like I think his wife asked him what he was going to be getting from the bakery counter and he said I'll get whatever I want I'm like oh I see I don't know if Jesus would have approved for that but I'll never forget that because he was so rude and so arrogant it's like ooh, the hypocrisy um, but yeah, I could go on and on about the street preachers. There's so many of them in, in San Francisco. There's like, 
remember when I first moved here, there was this black guy, I think he was like in his 60s or something, that would wear a bowler hat, and he dressed kind of like a pimp um, in that he would wear a like a three-piece suit that was kind of loud colors, um, poorly tailored, and he would have all these signs and stuff, and he'd be posted up like at Powell Station and Market, and his his shtick was all about how people should stay virgins, women should stay virgins until they're married, and he had a sign that was really gross that said, "I don't want any sloppy seconds." I was like, "You'll be happy with what you're handed, sir," because. Literally, I wouldn't fuck you if you paid me a million dollars. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and when I first moved to the city, I was a lot younger. And I did, I do remember telling him to just fuck off. I, I didn't tell him about my unwillingness to have sex with him. Um, but I did tell him to fuck off. I got right in his face and did. And I have told, told, um others who've approached me or whose signs are so egregiously um, terrible, you know, things that shame women, um, shame others. It's different than just saying for God to love the world, etc. When you're making a huge sign that is, you know, casting aspersions to like the people walking around you then like yeah you deserve a fuck you um it's so it's so like it's so weirdly traumatizing in a way it's kind of triggering i think i'm getting better about that sort of thing though um Occasionally there will be like groups of people praying like they'll they'll be from they'll be from like a church like in Sonoma or something like that, you know. People from a nice a nice town and they'll they'll be like a bunch of white people like huddled like a football huddle praying loudly and publicly um you know for protection when they're going ministering and witnessing. And I'm just like, I've, the kind of, like, does it really work? I remember when I was like 12 or something, I would go with members of the church. We would divide into groups and we'd go into shopping malls and, try to witness to people and talk about Jesus. And, you know, it was really hard. And it's it's definitely a hobby. I definitely would put it in as something to do. Um, but honestly, you're basically just disturbing people's pl- otherwise pleasant and peaceful days. Um, and if any, at most, you may be giving them some form of amusement. Like, oh, this this person's funny. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about secular music. How rock and roll is the devil's music. Stuff like that. <laughs> like, I've definitely been on the other side of the coin. Um, 
and it's really it's really hard um we used to go and feed the poor going to feed the poor i think is something that is far more effective um our church had a food pantry and we would fill fill boxes with different food items and we'd spend the morning doing that and then we would go out and we would go to the poorer neighborhoods in Indianapolis, of which there are many, and we'd divide into groups and we'd knock on people's door and see if they wanted any food. And usually they said yes, because there were people who needed food and we would go in their houses and we would pray for them. And sometimes they would just say thank you for the food um, and just not let us in, but usually they wanted us to come in and talk to them. They were lonely. There were shut-ins. There were old people. Uh, there were single moms. There was one time someone was sniffing glue, and they had a can of glue in the living room, and they were in a weird haze. So I think those kinds, those forms of, um, I got to see firsthand that, you know, something simple to do that, could briefly improve someone's life. Um, but yeah, the street preaching thing is its own, it's its own kind of beast. Obviously I could go on and on about it. I've, I've got more stories about the street preachers, but I'm going to leave it at that. Cause I got a ton of shit to do today. It's already seven 30. I want to start shipping by 8 AM. I've got a huge hat that I'm making, and I realize it's not big enough. The crown's not big enough. I'm have to going to have to superimpose a larger crown on it. Um, it's going to be an obnoxious strawberry shortcake style hat. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. I will talk to you next week. Next week I will be... Never mind. I'll be back in the city. But yeah, I'm going to L.A. this week to visit Rita. I'll be back. All right. Bye.